for all, for all things ATL. ATL for everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you get Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on the Odyssey app. We are wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you follow the podcast, download every single episode, and get all the Atlanta Falcons knowledge you need right here on Peachtree Football. Bo Morgan, what is going on, man? It's a Friday. I don't know why, but like it feels like Friday, but it kind of doesn't feel like Friday at the same time. I don't know why I feel this way. Um, I think because, well, you you do have a weekend. I think it's because our weekends aren't normal. They're not weekends, like because we, we still kind of work. Well, there's no kind of. I mean, yeah, that's true. We, we, we work. <laughs> I, um, like, so I had a Saturday mm-hmm. off last week, and it was great, man. I got to play golf. I, oh, me nice. And, me and the wife got to go hang out with some neighbors and just relax. And um, didn't you weekend, cook those? Uh, didn't, weren't you talking about you cook those uh, arma, armadillo eggs? Well, you, I cooked a weekend? version of an armadillo. So an arm, a, a true armadillo egg is um, a piece of sausage, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, kind of the, the link, a big one, like a like a brat or something. Right, sausage right. brat, um, sliced open with jalapeno. Mm-hmm. inside of it of that stuff with cheese right and then you wrap it with bacon yeah and you cook it and this was venison so ground oh, ground venison, venison so ground deer meat um that i put some cheese in the middle of and wrap in bacon put some w sauce and i put one put w sauce on one and then the fire shower by the w sauce on the other right and so i did those we did those when we, you know we went over there and did those but um yeah uh those were good. I actually those lasted me through the I made enough that they lasted me through the week. But um oh, well not through awesome. the week, but a couple of days into the week. Yeah. But this weekend, um gonna, you know, we get dinner tonight and then I'm out so I'm out Saturday morning. I've gotta I've gotta yeah. like pack, do some housework, cut the grass and be at the airport by twelve by one something, like one o'clock basically. And mm. uh fly to Tampa. And I'll watch the, as much as college football as I can down there. And then Sunday we do the game and I'll fly home. And I yep. mean, so it's, and then I'll turn around and I'm, I'm talking with you Monday morning, first thing, and then yep. do some bell. And so, you know, there's no rest um, to say no. the least. So it's busy, busy, but yeah, that's why it doesn't feel like Friday because we don't, when we get to this part of the year, you know, we're in October now we're, well, for us, we're two months into football at right. least because we've been doing training camp. We've been doing mm-hmm. preseason. So at the point where we're at now, it's um, it just non- nonstop. I mean, I know I did Dukes and Bell yesterday. Did the thirty minute lead in a Thursday night football with with Turtle with Chris Thomas. Yep. And then I came home and did a uh, the the our sister or brother sister podcast brother podcast. Yep. Uh, in Tampa, which would be. Um, Jolly Rogers and touchdowns with uh, Casey and uh, Kaylee. Kaylee? James. Yeah. A great, lot of fun. Um, and I did. I did, ended up doing 
we thought, well, you know, got on and it seemed like we did an hour. Maybe we were on for longer. We, we talked before and after. But right. those are great guys are great podcasts. If you want to get some insight on some, uh, the bucks mm-hmm. and maybe, um, you hear me talk a little bit more with those guys. <laughs> we did about 30 to 40 minutes last night, easy. And they were a lot of fun, great podcasts. Um, so check it out on the same place you're checking out here on the, on anywhere you can find an odyssey. The Odyssey right. app or anywhere you find your podcasts, um, Apple, uh, Android stuff, whatever. Is it, was it Google Play or whatever? I don't know. Uh, you know, that's your job. I just talk. But anyways, so, you know, I was telling Dylan, I was telling you before we got on, I sat down about 945 last night. Yeah. And I was finally done with the day, and I was like, whoa. So, yeah, you know, here we are. Yep. Start start the day early and finish the day late. That is uh... – the life of Squid Billy Bo Morgan and sometimes myself. So no rest for the weary, especially during football season. So a Friday that's leading into a uh, a long but fun weekend. So there you go. Bo, you talked about how you led into Thursday night football last night. <laughs> I don't even no, know. No, don't make me do it. Thursday night football game. Don't dude. make me like, do it. Man, um, well. Matty Ice was Matty Ice for a drive, maybe two, a two drive drives, and a half. Two, drive, two drives, okay. okay. Two drives, two drives. Yeah, you're right. The the drive where he led them down to to tie the game, and then the drive where they, you know, won the won the game and got the game winning field goal. No touchdowns last night during Thursday night football. A lot of field goals. Um, just what do you make of both of these teams? Because right now, to me. What I saw last night, I saw two teams that were, you know, when your car is like stalling and you're like, you just can't get it revved up and going. That's what that's what the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts remind me of. Two teams that are trying to rev up their engine and really try to get going, but they just can't for whatever reason or reasons. They just can't like what what did you see last night? Well, I'll take it a step further. They're they're revving their engine up, but they're only revving their engine because it's stuck in neutral. It's stuck in gear in between gears, and they it won't. You can't get it into drive or first gear, whatever. (laughs) Um, You know, obviously, different transmission can make it different. Anyway, I'm going down the road. (laughs) I I I tell you what, uh, mechanic on me, Squid Billy. (laughs) I'm gonna go to Matt Ryan first because I think that's what people would want to hear. Well, let me rephrase it. I'm going to talk about Matt Ryan's efficiency so I can talk about Russell Wilson's honestly and not get, you know, not be told I'm just a Matt Ryan lover. Yeah. That off Matt Ryan got sacked six more times last night. They now have uh, given up, I think, 20 or 21 sacks on the year. That offensive line in Indianapolis is absolutely putrid. It's so bad. It's terrible. It is absolutely brutal. The last four or five years of Matt Ryan's career, he's dealt with really bad offensive lines. And no running game. It is <laughs> and without Jonathan Taylor last night. Yeah, they had no running game, and and, and Hines went out really early. Yeah, um, the rookie played well there at the end. Mm-hmm. I saw for the first time, really saw that Ryan has gotten him. He's really uncomfortable in the pocket. Yeah, and I know that it happened at times here in Atlanta, but last night was the first time that I saw him have good con- good protection. Last time in a long time, maybe. Um, he had good protection and he started moving his feet around for no reason. And then he threw a pick and it was a bad pick. Look, the reason he had good protection 
was because they only rushed four, if I'm not mistaken, on that play and right. pretty much dropped seven. And they just, they just, there was nobody open. Mm-hmm. But I think that was a situation where Matt forced it because he, it was, oh, I got time. Somebody's got to be open. Right. And <laughs> I think he forced it. And it was a bad decision. And it was, he didn't play well last night. And he played well at the end. And it was, and he had a little help, but even there, he had to get help because he gets hit on that one drive, and his hand is he as he gets hit, he's trying to release the ball. His hand gets hit, and the ball flutters up. And uh, was Alec Pierce made a great yeah. play. Alec Pierce played great last night. Michael Pittman he is did. a damn disappointment, and he Alec is. Pierce played great. The other side, Dylan Russell Wilson. Well, you want to talk about a waste of two hundred fifty million dollars right now? Yeah. Five games into that, that looks like a pure waste. He is making bad decisions. Yep. Now his offensive line play wasn't great, but it was a lot better than 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 what Matt had. And Russell just made some bad throw. That throw in the end zone that Gilmore picks off. That was that ball a terrible is right decision. Behind and Gilmore ran the route better than him. Yep. So that wasn't good. And then you look on the other side, uh, you look at the end there. He had KJ Hamler wide open. He never even looked. He just stared down the left side of the field. That I don't know what the play call with was exactly, but I'm confused. I've watched that Hamler play multiple times after Hamler's comments. And did you see Hamler at the end where he like threw off well, his helmet and he was banging the turf at the I end? I saw too? that at the end of the game, Dylan. I didn't know the content. I was like, okay, why is he so? I mean, they lost, but yeah, I was like, looks, why is he so upset? Yeah, and then you heard his comments, right? No, I didn't. What did he say? So he came out. He was said in, in the in, in the locker room or. Or whatever in the scrum, and he goes, "Yeah, if if I get the ball, I'll walk in." So go wow. back and watch the final play, and they were they huh. were showing it on the ESPN earlier. They basically on the right side, they ran a rub route. Oh, and so if you guys aren't familiar with the rub route, you've got wow. basically receivers. You mm. you take a you take a slot receiver, and you take a receiver on the outside, and. They un- the, the the slot receiver goes up and the other receiver undercuts by underneath him and basically he picks off the outside the, if it's man uh, you'll pick off the guy coming in right right you you basically run into the two def- other defenders and you you rub them you rub them off of the play and it it springs that that receiver and then he's wide open and that's one version of it. that's the version they ran last night yeah and he, if he hit. If he looks over, he he looks off this side. And by the way, that's where I'm confused about. Was it supposed to have been a little bit? It's basically a pick play, in other words. Yeah. Basically, in like basketball, you're running a pick, right? Yeah. Right. Um. So I don't know if he was supposed to look immediately. He got stuck. But I'm watching it again. It was an incident. It was Hamler ran a great route, mm-hmm. and he throws it to Judy and Gilmore and late. Throws it across yeah. late to Gil to Judy. It looked like Judy. Um, and Hamler's still open in the end zone in that play. I have no clue. I have no clue what I don't know what Russell Wilson is doing. I don't know what um what the sit what his head is at. Uh just just he's playing bad football. And that game was both teams were playing bad football. I'm not yeah. gonna Matt's not playing good football either right now. So I don't know what. I don't know what those teams are doing, but that's one of the worst. I, I tweeted last night. Um, this is the most dysfunctional. Dix, d- can't even say it. 
uh, <laughs> dysfunctional game I've ever watched. And it was. It was dysfunctional. It was just all – our soccer coach in high school used to use the phrase, when we would get – we would run a play, you know, you'd call, draw up something, we were doing something. He mm. would say, you guys are all discombobulated. That <laughs> game was 60 well, – about, well, almost 70 minutes of discombobulation. Yep. It sure was. That – I was just like, oh, my gosh, the – the only reason I watched it was because it was a close game. Like, obviously, if that game would have been a blowout and it would have been that ugly, obviously, if it's that ugly, probably not going to be a blowout. But still, the only reason that people, I'm sure, kept eyeballs on it was because it was so bad that both teams stayed in it and it was a good football game as far as the score goes and how close it was. But other than that, I mean, that game was just ugly. So, yeah, two football teams that are Disapp- they're very, very disappointing right now because both football teams were expected to be contending, and both these football teams honestly had had people, and obviously they had aspirations of you know possibly competing for a, a Super Bowl. And right now, neither of these teams look like they might even sniff the playoffs if they keep playing the way they did. I mean, somebody had to win that game last night. I honestly, thought they might tie, so there ain't no telling. But anywho, yeah, that they they have some things to figure out, but. We'll leave that to the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts because, Bo Morgan, we have a game we have to focus on, and we're battling for first place this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Raymond James Stadium to try and take down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and take over sole possession of first place going into week five, Bo. Exciting time. So we got some matchups that we need to talk about because there are some things here that the Atlanta Falcons can exploit, and we already know one is definitely going to be Tom Brady. I mean, he whatever's going on with his personal life is him. I don't even you know want to get too, too much into that. But still, right now, this Tampa Bay offense, I heard you talk about it yesterday on, on Dukes and Bell. This Tampa Bay offense hasn't looked great. They scored 19 points on, on Dallas, which Dallas has a good defense, but you would think, you know, Tom Brady – Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, you would think they would be able to score more points, only 19. Then they scored 14 against Green Bay. Again, that Green Bay defense is okay, but they're not world beaters. Like, that's not the best defense in the league. So you would think they would they would be able to come on, come away more two touchdowns. So this is, an, this is an offensive football team who has been banged up. But again, when you got the GOAT, you would think you would be able to do more. You, you've seen... Tom Brady work with less, so they're struggling on the offensive end, and if we can pressure Tom Brady, that's always the key, I think we can really, really, really take over this football game. Yeah, and you look at it, you know, they, I mean, Mike Evans has only played three games. Right. Chris Godwin's played two. Julio's played two. <clears throat> Scotty Miller's only played two. Um, Fournette's actually played four, and so's Rashad White. But Keyshawn uh, Vaughn has been inactive a lot. A guy that I thought would be a lot better. So they, they've been banged up offensively. <clears throat> but they did have a good week last week late in the game. They got behind. Right. And all of a sudden they kind of they kind of they kind of perked up and, and played a little bit better. So this is a team that maybe could be feeling a little bit of a rhythm offensively based on what happened, you know, how they, they were able to score 31 late. But right. they haven't been very good. To, to to what I to what you said and what I said yesterday, you know they they've disappointed. I think our defense um, can have some success. Look, 
Donovan Smith has been banged up. He's their left tackle. He's a good player. Um, Luke uh, Gedeke, um, he's a guy who is a rookie. He struggled. You know, we know that they lost their center uh, in training camp, and now they're they're they're, they're relying on Robert uh, uh, Hainsey to step up. Now, Shaq right. Mason's a veteran who's played with Tom Brady before at guard, and then Tristan Wirfs is a, is a great is a really good right right tackle, and only year three. He's a guy that's played pretty well. So their offensive line is a little banged up. I think we might that that could be that. I'm looking at those, you know, that interior pressure. Tom right. Brady, you know, the way to get to Drew Brees, a Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, those kind of guys, you know, you get interior pressure, and when they go to step up in the pocket, there is no pocket. And mm-hmm. that's that's why I think this could be a good week for Abdul Anderson, Grady Jarrett, TQ Graham, you know. Um, and then maybe these guys like uh, Zoe Carter and, and yep. um, Ogan Daisy and Ebba Katie can maybe kind of live off that. We know Dean's not afraid to bring pressure. Now, how they play early in the game could be could be you know are they gonna are they gonna play off? Um, they're gonna play play off and give these guys a cushion and let Brady get going early. I would hope not. I would hope that the 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 the, the lack of uh, a running ability. Now you don't really want to just bow up, play man against Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, no. because these are guys <laughs> who have you know Julio's out there too, possibly. But but these are guys that have feasted on this foul. Now it's a skew because you you place you know two games a year against your divisional opponent. But Evans is averaging eighty two yards a game. He's got ten touchdowns with eighty one receptions and over a thousand yards in only fifteen games against the Falcons. Godwin's mm-hmm. only played nine games. But he's caught almost 50 balls for over 700. He's got nine touchdowns. He's averaging 85 yards a game against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Different Falcons team, sure. Right. But these guys have had, and the point of that is these guys have had success. This is a receiving core kind of built like ours where they're bigger guys. I mean, Evans is 6'5", Julio's 6'3", Godwin's a 6'1". These are bigger receivers. Yep. So there is some threat. There, we, we you know this isn't this is an offense that's been somewhat dormant, but mm-hmm. they're not dead. So we still got to go play. Um, they're, you know, this is one where I look at. You know, we talk red zone every week, and I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. This could be a this is kind of an even battle as far as red zone offense versus defense. Okay, when we talk about our defense going against their offense. Yeah, red zone is going to be. Super, super important because you would think that, you know, with Tom Brady, with all his his weapons back, which they all should be back this week. Uh, you know, Julio status is still kind of, I think, up in the air. Mike Evans will be back. Uh, seems like Chris Godwin is going to play. Seems like he's going to have his whole artillery with him. So it, you would think they're going to be able to move the ball. I mean, it's just what it is. And so how much can that Falcons defense bow up? when they get, you know, their backs against the wall into the red zone and hold the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and make Ryan suck up, run out there and kick some field goals and not walk away scoring touchdowns. That's going to be huge for the Atlanta Falcons defense because you you keep Tom Brady and that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense to kicking field goals and you're you're winning. That That is a win for your defense. Obviously, you want to get some turnovers and takeaways like you have been, but again, you're leave, if you're leaving them to kick field goals, uh, you're winning. Another thing, that I think we need to touch on is I think we have to make sure we can keep this running game going. You know, we obviously know we're not going to have CP for the next four games. 
And Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley looked good in, in when they came in and, and took over against the Cleveland Browns later in that game. But are they going to be able to sustain that for four quarters against this uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, which has a solid D-line? But again, you 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 went against a solid D-line last week. You you've gone against you've gone against good defenses, you know, solid defense this year. I know Seattle was kind of iffy, but again. You saw a pretty good defensive line against Cleveland. It's not going to be anything you're new to. So being able to sustain that run game and keep that Tampa Bay offense off the field because that's honestly going to be the best remedy. That's going to be the best way to make sure Tampa Bay doesn't score is you really, really are going to want to control possession like they have been against besides Cleveland because Cleveland really controlled possession. But we still won the game, so it doesn't matter. But you, this is going to be a week where you really, really, really want to focus on controlling possession, controlling the game, and keeping Tampa Bay's offense off the field. Yeah, yeah, I know uh, we might as well go ahead and get into it before we do matchups and our keys yeah. of the game. I know maybe I'm flipping it the way we normally do it, but I just keep talking Flip. about things that are my keys of the game. Flip. Um, but it is to get the run game going early. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I take that back. I want to do my matchup because I, 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 I misread myself. You mentioned the run game against this defense. Yeah. Um, I'm all over the place because that's where I'm at on a Friday. It's all good. I'm One of my good. matchups was this interior, this Wilkin, Elijah Wilkinson, uh, Chris Dom, Chris Dahlman, and um, Chris. His son, Drew Dahlman. I don't know what I'm doing today. I didn't know Chris Dahlman's uh, – I didn't know that's his dad's name. So, yeah. that's a fun fact we can take away from that, Bo. And uh, Chris Lindstrom versus guys like Vita Vea, um, Golston, yeah. uh, Nunez, uh, uh, Roaches, um, mm. Devin White, Levante David, Shaquille Barrett. Those are their linebackers. Yeah. Now, Shaquille Barrett is a, is a lot like Lorenzo Carter. He's going to stand up mm -hmm. sometimes, put his hand down. He's essentially a DN. Right. In a three-four, but Levante David in not, almost twenty nineteen games has twenty-one tackles for loss against this team. Plays in the backfield. Devin White in five games mm. has five sacks and six tackles for loss. So ridiculous. So getting to no, if you want to run the ball against this team, mm -hmm. you got to get guys to the second level and get yep. get a ha hand on these guys, get a hat on these guys, so to speak. That's going to be huge. So that's why I've got Wilkinson, Dom, and Lindstrom versus Vita Vea, Levante, David, Devin White, because you're going to have to eat up. Vita Vea is going to eat up a double team. This guy's it's got against the Falcons. This guy's got four sacks in six games. Um, you know, because he's been hurt a lot, four tackles for loss. Hell, he even caught a touchdown against us uh, recently. So <laughs> this is a guy that's, that played well against the Falcons. So that's one yeah. of my matchups. Um, and then I mentioned earlier about their interior when I went over mm -hmm. uh, Luke Gedeke and Hainsey and then Shaq Mason. I think Grady Jarrett versus the interior. I think he could yeah. eat on Sunday. This Grady Jarrett has already got uh, three and a half sacks in the season, but this is a guy that's played well against Tampa he in 13 games he's got seven tackles for loss and four and a half sacks so I mean and by the way don't forget this guy like a three sack game in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady sure did so I think Grady Jarrett has a chance that's a matchup I'm looking for those are two of my matchups for this this game on Sunday 
Yeah, and uh, another matchup that I'm specifically looking out for is I'm looking out for Casey Hayward versus uh, Chris Godwin because I believe they're they're probably the two that's going to get matched up the most because we saw AJ Terrell he did he did a very very good shadow job on uh, Amari Cooper and he held him to one reception for nine yards and he really bounced back against the Cleveland Browns so I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that. Mike Evans and A.J. Terrell, and again, every game plan is going to be different coming into each week, but I'm going to guess A.J. Terrell is going to see majority of snaps against Mike Evans, and so I'm going to think Chris Godwin and Casey Hayward probably going to match up a lot, and I think that's going to be a very, very interesting matchup because as much as Tom Brady likes Mike Evans, he likes Chris Godwin a lot too, and you touched on it, nine touchdowns against the Atlanta Falcons in Chris Godwin's career against the Falcons, so Casey Hayward is going to be huge. He's going to be key in this game because I think I think Tom Brady's going to throw his way a lot. Honestly, I think they're going to go towards Casey Hayward a lot. I don't know how much they're going to go towards A.J. Terrell, but I think Casey Hayward is going to be huge in this game because I know Chris Godwin, Tom Brady, they have a, they have a very good chemistry. He, he's, he's fine. He finds Chris Godwin a lot. So I think he's going to try and exploit that matchup and, and see what that matchup can give him. And hopefully Casey can uh, can make some plays for us. But I think Casey's going to have a lot of opportunity on Sunday to make pl- to to make a play against uh, against Chris Godwin. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good call. I, I think Mike Evans and then um, AJ Terrell is another one to look at. I think you yeah. got to. I think I love that uh, Hayward and Godwin. They're going to need they're going to need their defensive backs to stand up, especially if Julio's yep. in there and you got a guy like Mike Ford or maybe D. Alford trying yep. to match up. You might see another. You know. Um, that could be a, that could be a, that could be a tough matchup because mm-hmm. those are those are guys that are uh you know undersized compared to them. So and that that uh, comes a question real quick of uh if, if Isaiah Oliver is ready to go, maybe do we see an Isaiah Oliver matchup on Julio? Yeah. But you know I don't expect to see Isaiah to Oliver. When they asked me last night on on, mm-hmm. on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, and they were, you know asking about him coming back, I know he's off, but I would be a little surprised if he played. I mean, maybe uh you know. But I cannot remember the new rules with the IR. I know when you bring a guy off, you're you got so many days. But that was the old rule, I believe. I think this new one they can just come right off after four games. Um, everything's changed, and I need to. I really need to check up on that because we talked about that yesterday on Dupes and Bell as well. But I, I don't know. I, I, I would. I'm a little skittish on if we see Isaiah. I, I think it would. I think it might be asking a lot. But I, yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. It would be a tall task. I really don't know. Um, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that Anthony Rush was let go by the team, and there's been yeah. no corresponding move to that. Right. Um, and that's that was surprising. But the more I think about it, I know that he hasn't played as much, and maybe they want Abdul Anderson to get more snaps. Yeah. You know, you look at the the <laughs> snap count for um, Anthony Rush in the four games this year, and he played actually 28 snaps against Cleveland for 38 percent of the of the snap percentage on defense. But that's a that's a team that rushes more. When you look at it, the last, the two weeks leading into that, this guy had only played uh, maybe thirty one snaps in, mm. in, in in two games, which would have been twenty five percent and twenty one percent of the snap count percentage in those games. So his biggest game essentially was the Saints game, where Abdullah Anderson wasn't uh, on the roster. So I think Abdullah might be in a position to step in that middle and, and, and along with Timmy Horn and, and, and obviously Grady at times and, and play a lot. So whatever it is, there's clearly a matchup they see there that they like better. 
But uh, maybe uh, you want to get our keys to the game now? Let's go to the keys to the game. I was just about to say it. I, I was going to say, too, that, you know, I know a lot of people had quickly before we get into keys to the game. I was I was going to say I know a lot of people had, I think, touched on the fact that, you know, the Anthony Rush move did seem like, you know, it kind of came out of left field. But and they talked about, I think, because I think he's possibly started uh, all the games. But again, yeah, you, probably, but you but know again, how we again, feel about that. Exactly. Exactly. I was just about to say, you know, they try to make a big deal about him starting. They don't realize defensive line, you rotate so much. that It's more about how many snaps you get. And that's why I'm glad you brought up the actual snap, the number of snaps that he got, because that really paints the picture and tells the story that, you know, uh, again, he started. So he looked like he was, you know, playing all this time and doing all that. But really, when you get into the thick of it, you really look at the numbers like you guys say on Dukes and Bell. He wasn't uh, he wasn't as impactful or getting as many snaps as people might perceive. But with that, let's go ahead and get into our keys to the game. What you got, Bo? Yeah, I'm going to start. Um, I, I've got three or four. We, I've kind of touched on them. I, I don't think it really matters. They got to we got to protect the ball. Um, yes. We are minus one in the turnover margin, and wow. it, that that it's a little bit deceiving because if you look at our defense, we're taking the ball away as well as anyone. We are eighth yeah. in the league in takeaways with seven. Turnover margins minus one. The reason is because we've given the ball the, the ball away on offense eight times, which is twenty seventh in the league. Mm. So we've got to protect the ball, but but primarily, I want to I want to kind of one A is that one B would be play clean late, and mm-hmm. I'm really talking our offense because yeah. we have not played clean late in games all year, and and in the last two losses we haven't played clean enough. We've had to rely on our defense, which is cool because our defense has stood up and it's refreshing in Atlanta to see that play <laughs> clean late, protect yeah. the ball and play clean late because our defense has done a pretty good job yeah. of creating turnovers. Um, the second one I would say, and I'll just go with two today and then you can go with two, but I have four here. Uh, we touched on one earlier. But uh, get interior pressure on Brady. I yes these old school pocket quarterbacks that don't have the mobility of guys like Mariota, for instance, mm-hmm. and and Russell Wilson last night. Even though mobility didn't really help him much last night, but, <laughs> but that, that that don't that don't can't scramble like a Josh Allen, a, a Lamar Jackson. Right. Get interior pressure because. They're bottled up. They're looking to pass. They want to step up in the pocket and deliver the ball. If that interior pressure cradles that pocket on them, there's nowhere to step into. And boom, now you maybe got a sack. Maybe you get a, 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 an errant throw. Mm-hmm. You know, good things happen for defenses when they get interior pressure, and bad things happen for offenses. So you still got to maintain your rush lanes. Not you know it, you just don't want to let him get out and then be able to reset set or make a throw on the run with these with the with the receiving core they have, but get interior pressure and hit Brady early. Saw it with Matt Ryan last night. He was hit early. I think his clock is off anyways, his internal yeah. clock, but his internal clock definitely got off because they were able to get pressure early. So those are those are two that I think are very important. I'm glad you brought up interior pressure because that kind of leads to this one. Limit big plays for me. We know that. And because 
Tampa hasn't been able to push the ball down the field. Now, part of that is because they haven't had the weapons to do so. Mike Evans has missed time. You know, you you touched on how many games their receivers have played this season. But part of that is also, you know, if if Tom Brady doesn't have the time to push the ball down the field and we get that interior pressure like you just talked about, he won't have time to make those throws down the field. He won't have time to look for those big plays. So that's why interior pressure is important because I think Limiting big plays is important as well. And if you can get that interior pressure, you can do that because we know Brady likes to push the ball down the field sometimes, especially with Evans, Godwin, Julio, all those guys. If he has those, all those guys available, you want to limit big plays, though. Keep everything in front of you. Don't let anybody get behind you. Limit those big plays. Make Tom Brady dink and dunk you. Then you can, you know, keep everything in front of you, rally to the football, make a tackle, maybe punch the ball out one, two, three, four, however many times you want to do it. Create some turnovers, but limit those big plays. Don't let the speedy Chris Godwin get behind you. Don't let Mike Evans, you know, get up and and catch a 50-50 ball on you. Keep everything in front of you. So for me, it's really going to be limit big plays. And then my my other one is going to be um, as far as as far as the offense goes. I think you 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 really need to. I think balance is, is the key for this offense. You know. I want us to I want us to run the ball and I want us to keep running the ball like like we have been doing. But I do want to see this this passing offense when when we do get into passing downs and when we do call up pass plays. I want to see us execute because I do I do fear and I'm glad again. I'm going to say this. I'm glad we've been running the ball, but I do fear that if if we keep making those same mistakes and and Teams aren't going to take us seriously in the passing game. That's what I fear. Teams starting to not take us seriously in the passing game and just start to play the run. We have to, I think, get rid of some of that by executing well in the pass game. So when we have those opportunities to make those passing plays, you know, Arthur Smith talked about, you know, us getting the looks that we want, but that's what happened. That's when we we fumble a snap or something like that. So like you said about being clean, we have to execute on pass plays and show that we can do both because, these last couple of weeks, I'm not quite sure we've shown that we can do both well. We can run the ball, but I want to really see us be balanced and show that we can pass the ball just as well if we can run the ball this week. Yeah, I'm not as – you know, I, I completely understand the balance thing. I'm just not overly as worried about the balance because you're. Mm-hmm. I think this – you always want to have – you've been really balanced the first three weeks, and last yeah. week – you know, you, you still threw the, you threw the ball 19 times. You obviously ran it more. Um, but that's kind of what the game dictated. And I think there will be other times in the, in, in the season where the game dictates it to throw more because of maybe the score or how they're playing you defensively. I do think Tampa might come into this game, to your point, with a with a mindset to stop the run. So mm. you so to, so I think you have a good point there. Let me let me add to it though and say, look, if if they want to come up and play with, you know, seven guys in the box give or eight men in the box and give you uh, a single high safety, which is going to, you know, kind of signify man coverage there, um, then we need to put our guys at the bat. OZ is a guy mm-hmm. who can, can beat you deep. Drake London, we've seen, we didn't think had that can. I don't know if Kyle will be healthy or not. Maybe Kyle Pitts is healthy enough. He can be that guy. So I, I'm with you there. Um, I want to see if they play that way. I want to see us take advantage of it. I think that's a what, what we need to do more of. 
But I, I, I also honestly really want them to do what's working. If, if, yeah. if something like last week, I, I loved what Arthur Smith did because he said, we're going to run the out of the ball. Mm-hmm. And they started doing it. They were doing it. I mean, they were running it out of the ball. And he didn't stop. He's like, I'm not yeah. going to – he didn't go away from – he didn't get to get cute and play no. trickery. He ran the ball down their throat until they could stop him, and they basically couldn't. So I love that. I, I enjoy that kind of um, stance. And you know what? We're going to do what works, and if you can stop us, try. So – for me, it's do what works. Balance is great. Yep. But at the end of the day, I don't care if you have balance or not if you win the game. Now, most yeah, of the true. time, the better the balance <laughs> is, you know, you, the better your opportunity to win. Right. Just do what's working. Stick with what's working and take what the defense gives you. Yeah, I'm with you. If, if you know, if it comes to a situation because Cleveland just couldn't stop it. They knew what was coming, but they couldn't stop it. And that was what was so exciting about last week's victory you know Cleveland knew we were about to run the ball but they just straight up just couldn't stop us and I mean that offensive line was great obviously Huntley and Algier were great they had some great drives the and that's where I'm at if they can't stop it that's great but if it does come to a point where you know they are having some success then that's when you know obviously we need to work in that play action and stuff like you said so no I'm with you on that uh too want to be balanced but if they can't stop the run there's no we no need to go away from it but with that, Bo, let's go ahead and wrap up with our score predictions. Do the Atlanta Falcons take over sole possession of first place after this week, Bo? What do you think? Well, I I went on with the uh, Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns podcast, and thanks again to them. And uh-huh. they asked me to do a prediction, okay. which I said, okay. And then I sat there this morning, and I go, oh, hell, what what, what the hell did I say the game was going to be? What, what was my final score yet? <laughs> and I uh, I think that I said that Young Way Koo kicks mm. a field goal late to win this game. And uh, the right. score that I had, if I'm not mistaken, was 29-28 Falcons. So like I think Falcons cover the 10. I think you can take the over and uh, in this game. And I think the Falcons are in sole possession. Uh, of first coming home to play a really good San Francisco team or a really defensively a good San Francisco team who could be coming off two wins in a row, depending on what happens in Carolina. Right. Uh, so I, I think I, I'm, I'm, I, I did I pick Cleveland last week. I can't remember. No, I you picked, picked Atlanta last week. Picked Atlanta last, see, I can't remember who I, when I'm picking who, what, um, I, I, but I do like, like Atlanta. Atlanta. I do like Atlanta this week. I, I think, I think, I think we're going to be in first place. There you go. And, and like you said before, Bo, for, for anybody that's just now tuning in, first of all, thank you for listening to Peace Street Football. But for anybody that's just now tuning in, Bo isn't Bo isn't a homer guy. If he if he doesn't like if he doesn't like the matchup, then he is not afraid to pick against the Falcons. So just got to throw that out there too. If he's picking the Falcons, that means he really, really likes the Falcons. He's not just saying that because we're on a Falcons podcast right now. He'll he'll pick against the Falcons. He's not afraid to do that. So that's why this is significant because I'm happy that, you know. Bo, Bo likes our chances, but I like our chances too, Bo. I think we have some momentum going right now, two games in a row. I think, you know, I think this team was already bought in, but now that I think we're getting that the team is getting the results, obviously, that they want, you know, they're they're buying in even more. So I think just with, with the rhythm that they're in and, you know, they, they still have some, they still have places where they can obviously improve. And I think they are improving. 
I think I like the Falcons in this game. I really like the running game. I don't think a run, the running game takes a step back at all. I think Algier, Huntley, and I think we'll see, you know, spots of Avery Williams as well. I think they'll be effective. I think Marcus Mariota will have a good bounce back game as well. I don't think we get any fumble snaps. I'm calling it right now. No, fumble, no fumbled or bumble snaps for Marcus Mariota this week. And I think the Falcons go on. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say we drop a 30 piece. You said 29. I'm going to drop. I'm going to say we drop a 30 piece on the Buccaneers. 30 to 25. I think that's the final score. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Marcus Mariota goes on one final drive. I say we're down 25-23 going into the going into the you know last possession of the fourth quarter, maybe two or so minutes left. Marcus Mariota takes us down a drive and he scores a rushing touchdown to win it. That's that's my crystal ball for this week. So Boy, that crystal ball would hurt a lot of people's feelings if Mariota was the hero. I'd love man. it. I hope you're right, not me. <laughs> man, because People will be in people will be in shambles. All these people calling for Desmond Ritter if Marcus Mariota won it for the Falcons this week to put him in first place. Ooh, they'll be in shambles. And I, your your mentions will get real quiet, Bo Morgan. They will get real, real quiet. Oh no, my mentions will somehow bring Matt Ryan into it. So I'm not worried <laughs> about that. Oh man, but that is this edition of Peach Street Football. So both of us have the Falcons winning. Bo got has the Falcons 29-28. I got to take the Falcons as well, 30 to 25. And uh both, I think, we, we think the Falcons will be in sole possession of first place in the NFC South after Sunday's game. So you can watch it 1 o'clock on, uh, on watch it 1 o'clock, or you can listen to it as well. You can listen to it and watch it. Make sure if you listen to it, though, tune in to Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Wes Archer, uh, Wes Archer, wow. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. wow. West Durham, Dave Archer, Bo Borg will be alongside them to uh, helping them out on the Atlanta Falcons radio network. And... There you go. So make sure you listen to Peachtree Football. Download every single episode. Follow the podcast. We are wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. That's where Peachtree Football is. So for Bo Morgan, I am Dylan Matthews, and you already know what's coming. What's up? We'll talk to you guys next time. H-E-L, 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 H-E-